Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Attachments. Intentional attachment. That's my topic. Attachment is, of course, when two people come together and form a bond. There are bonds which are obviously dysfunctional. Two unhealthy people form a bond, and they create an unhealthy bond, an unhealthy relationship. And everything they do and all the people they touch and all the people they are involved with experience that dysfunctionality, that dysfunctional lifestyle. And they're destructive people. They're hurtful people. They're harmful people, but they attach. They attach to each other because of the dysfunction and the sorrow and the hurt and the pain is associated with that kind of lifestyle. Then there's the intentional attachment, which is healthy. People come together, two healthy people, two people who are full of gratitude, full of trust, two people that are full of caring and compassion and empathy. They come together and they form a bond. They form a relationship that is also then empathetic, caring, compassionate, uh, giving, trusting, you know, with each other and towards each other and with everybody they become involved with. And all the situations in which they become involved, they share that, they spread that healthiness of life of their relationship. That's in, that's attachment. Now, <clears throat> I happened to um, interview the author of a book in, by this title, Intentional Attachment, Teresa Ramos. And the book, by the way, is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And the book is a guide to achieving happier and healthier relationships in a marriage, outside the marriage, beyond the marriage, at work, and all different places in which we you know, find ourselves. She unfolds this uh, topic in a very systematic way. I like the book. It's a very short book. It's, very, it's not very many pages at all. And um, But you have a very, very powerful message in a very small book. So it's worth you know picking up if you are looking at ways in which you can make your relationships healthier. And if you want to make your relationships healthier, here's what she says. You have to be healthy first. You have to be healthy first. And then you associate with people who are also healthy. Now that means... That there are wounded birds out there in the environment. And wounded birds are hurt people. They're people who don't trust. They're people who are paranoid. People who are scared and fearful and angry. And she says, if you're going to have a healthy relationship, if you're going to be healthy, you have to disassociate from such people. You can't be around people who are unhealthy and who are wounded. Because they're going to just kind of suck the energy out of you, but give you nothing in return. You have to be able to have an attachment with people that you can share a commonality, a common philosophy of life, a common faith, a you know, common bond, a common goal, a common investment, a common enjoyment, you know, and so on. And that's what's healthy when you have that kind of relationship. And so sometimes you have to let people go in your life, or you have to draw a boundary. She said, you know, you, you can't let people go because sometimes that's not possible. But you can set up guardrails. And she says guardrails are the kind of thing you set up to put a boundary and say, you don't go beyond that. You don't treat me that way. You don't speak to me that way. You don't talk to me that way. You don't take advantage of me in that way. You see, there's a guardrail. You don't let people just overpower you, expose you, and impose upon you negative thinking and motivations and attitudes and lifestyle and language you don't let people talk to you in a negative cussing cursing kind of way you set up a guardrail and say that is not acceptable and you you will not treat me like that you will not talk to me like that you will not talk around me you know like that you set up these guardrails so that you don't let unhealthiness come into your life you're working on healthiness you're working on becoming healthy yourself so you have to stop the influence 
of the unhealthiness that's around you. She gives the illustration of uh, crabs in a bucket, a bucket of water, and I guess crab crawls up the side of the bucket and is able to reach the top of the bucket and look out and can see the ocean. And then just as that crab sees the ocean and says, guys, we're almost there, one of these crabs grabs the leg and pulls him back down. And he crawls up again and he comes to that top of that bucket and he can see that, o- that ocean and he can feel the strength of that ocean and the freedom of that ocean. And then a crab that down below kind of grabs his leg and pulls him down. And that's what she says we have to be careful of. We can't be in buckets. We can't be around people who will pull us down. We have enough trouble reaching the top of the bucket and looking out beyond and reaching our goal. We can't be around people who will pull us down and not let us enjoy the successes of life or the goals that we are trying you know, to achieve. And I think that's sometimes it's very important. You have to be careful who you bring into your life and who you allow to stay in your life. And be very careful of who you set some boundaries with so that they don't impose negativism upon you. Ms. Ramos goes on and uh, commits a chapter uh, to uh, revitalizing relationships. And it's a very important issue because there are a lot of relationships that started out very vitalized, very strong, very healthy, and then somehow got off the track, somehow got off the, the wagon and are now unhealthy. And unhealthy in maybe not every way, but in many ways of their life they're unhealthy and they need some guidance as to how to revitalize that relationship. I guess I'd go beyond that and say the chapter even is good for people who are trying to vitalize their relationship, trying to bring life into it initially, not just bring life back into the relationship, but bring life into the relationship initially. So what she says here is certainly uh, germane to both of these kind of situations. And, um, you know, she gives many, many things. There's just uh, hundreds of things that you can do as a couple to bring life and vitality and healthiness into your relationship. You know, sing together hug each other, you know, just say, I'm sorry. Uh, just say, I'm glad that you're part of my, my life. I'm glad I'm married to you. Spend time together, laugh together, hold hands together, cook together, travel together, take pictures together. You know, write down 10 things you appreciate about your partner, about your other person in your life. Put your phone down and talk to each other and look each other in the face and in the eyes. I mean, there's just many activities and many ways in which you can bring life back into your relationship. It's bonding. It's attaching. It's reattaching. It's becoming attached to each other in that relationship through the ways of life and the ways of behavior that you are able to produce. She goes on in her book uh, to bring a, a very important message. She comes up with 22 recommendations, how you can have winning strategies. You know, that's on a daily basis, how you can become healthy how your relationship can become healthy, and how you can help each other in the relationship become healthy or healthier. She talks about self-care. Very important to take care of yourself, your eating habits, your sleeping habits, your exercise habits, your health. Take care of yourself. Have fun and enjoy life, but take care of yourself. She goes on and talks about uh, ways in which you can deal with anger in your life. Recognize the cues of anger because anger can be destructive, can bring unhealthiness into your relationship. Recognize that you have attitudes and you have feelings that are angry. Recognize that you have physiological reaction patterns associated with anger, such as tensing your muscles, tensing your jaw, saying certain kind of words, having certain kind of thoughts, squinching your eyes. Recognize that there are behavioral cues, there are behavioral ways in which you are expressing your anger or or showing your anger, such as raising your voice, cussing, 
You know, just being angry all the time, just having a negative, uh, sarcastic voice and attitude and message, you know, to other people. She goes on to say, if you're going to have a winning strategy for your life, you got to set boundaries. you got to set healthy boundaries. The things that you do and the things that you don't do. The people that you let in your life and the people you don't let in your life. The food you eat and the food you don't eat. The behavior patterns that you do and the behavior patterns you don't do. You know, the books you read and the books you don't read. The movies you go to and the movies you don't go to. In other words, you have to set some real expectations and guidelines for your life. If you're going to be healthy and you're going to have an intentionally healthy relationship. There are things you do, absolutely. There are things you don't do, absolutely. She also says, take time out. You know, we all come to a point where we get frustrated, we get angry, we get upset, we get tense, we get depressed, we get nervous, we get scared, we get fearful. You know, maybe it's just time for a timeout. Maybe you just need to get away. Get in the car and drive 50 miles and come back. Maybe you need to just drive around the city. You know, maybe you just need to go for a long walk. Maybe you just need to take a long nap. Maybe you need to just spend a day by yourself. Maybe you need to just not go to work and take a health day and just relax and get yourself refocused and re-energized. Sometimes it takes an hour. Sometimes it takes a day. So whatever you need, time out might be an important thing to help you have a winning strategy. You know, she also talks about the ability to negotiate. You know, there are people that you are around and are, spend time with that have different points of view and have different expectations and have different meanings. And sometimes you just have to negotiate with them. You have to take give and take the things that they have that you want. There are things that you want to borrow. There are things that you want to have that they have. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of you have to negotiate. I'll give you this, you give me that. I'll do this and I'll, and you do that. You know, that quid pro quo kind of idea that we're hearing so much about today. That's part of every relationship. It's part of everybody who has relationships that negotiate. You do this for me and I'll do that for you. When you can reach fairness, when you can reach a, a level of, of, of openness and kindness and balance and fairness, it's a good thing. It's good to be able to negotiate with your partner or some of the behavior patterns that you want to see changed or some of the things you want to happen or some of the things you want to have, some of the things you want to buy. You don't just sometimes do it. You sometimes have to negotiate and have some kind of a bargaining you know, position that you uh, work from. So certainly, you know, do that. She goes on and talk about having support people and support groups in your life. Sometimes you need to go to a group that's supportive, like Celebrate Recovery. Sometimes you need to have a support group in your life, like AA meetings or NA meetings. You need to go because they give you that strength and that support to keep on being healthy and keep on being positive and keep on being successful in your life and not falling back. She gives the example of forgiveness. How that has to be part of a healthy relationship. Or the other way of saying it is healthy relationships always have forgiveness in it. There are times when you just need to ask for forgiveness. There are times that things go wrong. You say things wrong. You do things wrong. You maybe you didn't mean it or whatever, but it did happen. So you just need to be able to ask for forgiveness. You need to be assertive in your communication. You need to ask for what, what you want, what you need. You need to be assertive and be able to to ask for forgiveness or to share forgiveness with, you know, somebody else. You know, think forward. Think of some of the things that you want and be assertive and communicate that. Develop your communication skills are very, very important. Gratitude is very important. She adds that gratitude list that you need to learn how to express your gratitude towards other people. Write things out. Express it in an email. 
express it in text messages, write notes, write cards. Whenever there's an opportunity to say thanks to somebody, say it, do it. Whenever there's an opportunity to express gratitude for somebody and what they have done for you and what they mean to you, share that and say it. You become a better person. You become a healthier person. And the relationship that you're in and all the relationships that you're in become healthier because you're healthier. Healthy relationships require healthy people. And you don't develop a healthy relationship without being healthy yourself. You start with yourself being healthy. So anyway, nice to have you with me on this uh, topic of intentional attachment. That's the name of the book by Teresa Ramos, R-A-M-O-S. If the book intrigues you or something that might be helpful to you, go to Amazon and pick it up. And uh, it's just a small book, but uh, it's got a lot of helpful ideas in there. And it carries a message that's very important to all of us. Intentional attachments, healthy attachments are what we need. Bye for now.